You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with the chance to turn $5 into $200. That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy. And if that team wins, you will receive $200 in free credits. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention. Bet $5, and if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40 to 1 odds on the basketball team of your choosing is placing a $5 bet on that team and that team to win. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, wager paid out in site credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What is going on? Bar Down Breakdown. We got our homie James from out of time. Filling in for Tom because Tom is getting ready for his wedding and doing all that wedding jazz. But our buddy James, first time on the pod, we're just running through all of out of time. And it, it, you know, we still even got more hockey fans to get to. We haven't even gotten to all of them. So that's why, why we just love out of time is because they put out the pop punk jams and also just rep hockey hard. So had to reach out to James 30th birthday, James down in South beach, jumping on the pod, James, first off, happy birthday. Second off, how was South beach last night? Oh uh, man, it's, it feels weird to be 30 years old. I'm not gonna lie. The last member out of time to turn 30. Uh, I actually was not in South beach last night. I was actually in uh, this area of Miami called Wynwood and, uh, there was a place called, it was called Dirty, the Dirty Rabbit. So I felt like the best way to ring out a Dirty 30 is going to a place called the Dirty Rabbit. And it was incredible. I saw, I, I saw friends from like when I was three years old to like my teens and 20s. So it was a great way to send off my last decade. And it was incredible. I just, I'm from Miami, actually. Grew up a very big Florida Panthers fan. Um, so it was really cool to be here, see friends catch up and great way to ring in a new decade. Hell yeah. So that was going to be one of my, my questions for you, because I know you live in DC now, you know, what team do you root for? Are you still a Panthers fan or have you become a Caps fan? So I actually have an interesting uh, backstory to I've lived in Miami. 
I've lived in Boston and I've lived in DC now. So I have seen the Florida Panthers play as like, as rep them since, since I was like a kid. Uh, I've seen the Boston Bruins play. I saw them actually at, at, um, during the playoffs in 20, 2018, I believe, like when I was still living in Boston with my wife. Uh, and then I've seen the Caps play and I will forever be a, a Florida Panthers fan. Um, I, I know that Mike, you know, Mike Forbes, Mikey's a big Caps fan. And I rep them because, you know, I actually live across the street from where the Caps practice. So okay. I see, so I see Ovechkin a lot. I see all the guys a lot and it's really cool because they're all down to earth people. Um, so it's been definitely cool to see, you know, see Caps players in my, in my neighborhood, but I will forever, you know, through and through be a Florida Panthers fan. Hell yeah, man. And dude, I, for game two, I really thought the Panthers were going to pull that off, man. When I saw them up 2-0, I was like, all right, here we go. Like they, they will have to go to Tampa kind of losing that home ice advantage but now that the tables are are just really turned and i i thought that this was going to be you know the panthers year you know where they could possibly make it out of that first round and and go on a little bit of a run but tampa bay is no joke and even though you guys are are like the top seed it, it probably would have been better if you guys fell a little bit and got to play like Nah, you know oh actually no carolina is a top seed right yeah yeah okay yeah man but tampa tough. bay is tampa bay is not a force to be reckoned with you know i like they they've been just killing it the last couple of years and uh it's funny uh because dave courtney is one of my closest friends I'm actually gonna see him probably tonight so i haven't gotten like the the height like the hey hey bud how you doing after that loss text yet so <laughs> he's definitely feeling it and i i definitely um was sad to see that loss yeah man it, and you know, I, I was rooting for the cats, man. I, I, I feel like everyone has kind of gotten sick of it, uh, um, sick of how good Tampa Bay is. And it also just bothers me that all of a sudden everyone is healthy and like everyone on Tampa Bay that was missing games at the end of the season when the caps still mattered, all of a sudden are back and, and healthy. That's kind of fishy to me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely fishy. Uh, when they didn't stick it through when they uh, were the, their lowest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. But, you know, this is the best time of year. I, I, I think I might need to start taking high blood pressure pre uh, medicine because <laughs> I, I can't, like, especially the Islanders-Penguins series, every game yeah. has been really tight and back and forth. We already have an overtime game, like overtime hockey in the playoffs. My My heart is just like, I don't even know what a normal heartbeat is, but it's like double or triple what a normal heartbeat should be. <laughs> Not good. That's like me. I, I, I know it's, this is uh, with Tweetal hockey, but you know, football season for me, it's it's like uh, ebbs and flows, and my my blood pressure is always through the roof. Um, so I definitely feel that you know during sports seasons. Yeah, man. But you know, we got to just appreciate nice weather and playoff hockey, and just take it for for what it's worth. But um, Amen. I, I do also just kind of want to hear about, um, you know, before we get to our awesome interview with Jeff from I Call Fives, I do want to hear about how you linked up with these out of time guys. So I, yeah. I know that Justin is from, you know, the South Florida area. So is that like your original homie? Is that? How yeah. You... Okay. So uh, the, the story behind Justin and I is actually like, uh, it's, it's truly a love story. Uh, I'll start <laughs> off with that. Uh, so Justin and I grew up in Miami uh, together. 
Uh, he played in hardcore bands, so he was very prevalent in the hardcore scene. Um, was in a lot of well-known bands. Um, I don't know if you know the band uh, I Set My Friends on Fire, uh, but they're from not, Miami. Not too familiar. They, uh, they came out with a Crank That Soldier Boy uh, cover like in 2009, and they just blew up. And okay. uh, they were, I think they were called We Are the Calvary, and I think Justin was in that band. He was in a bunch of hardcore bands uh, growing up. And uh, I knew him from that scene, but the way I really met Justin was uh, a Craigslist ad. I kid you not. Uh, I was forming a band called Check Your Six, and um, I, I posted an ad, or he posted an ad, and he responded to it. We literally, like, I have never met someone in my life that I have such great writing chemistry with. And we just, we were in a band for three years and we were kind of blowing up. Things were going really well for us. And I did the grown up decision. I went to college and I kind of gave up uh, my, my dreams of music. And I remember, God, this is now three years ago, two years ago. Um, he texted me right before New Year's. He's like, hey, I know you're, you've called it quits with, with music. But um, I, I miss playing music with you. And we're we have this band called Out of Time that we, we have members, but like, you know, we want to kind of re do a reset of this band. And I couldn't think of a better way to bring you back. Oh, did you lose me there? It's all good. <laughs> uh, I couldn't think of a better way to uh, br you know, bring you back into this, into this scene with uh, you in the lineup and just kind of going from there. And it was, it's been such an incredible experience. And um it's it's been awesome because not just do I have great chemistry with Justin, but all the guys just like it's just incredible writing chemistry, chemistry as friends. It's truly a, it's truly a family, and that's the best part about it. I think you guys should just change your name to Craigslist because I, I feel like there's a common thread of every story that I hear about your band, and it always comes back to Craigslist. So yeah. I think Forbes actually met Justin through Craigslist. I, I, I'm pretty certain that's how they, they met because they were in a band called It's Home. And they, um, I remember they were like, they were like, they were doing some great music and um, they broke up. They, out of time was a side project with Hits Home. And I think one of the guys from Capstan was in, in Hits Home and basically joined, joined Capstan. And they kind of created a side project. I could be just, completely misspeaking but i think it's how <laughs> I, I think it's how it went um uh but yeah it's yeah forbes is um also from craigslist so we can we can call the craigslist band yeah now <laughs> i i guess logistics wise i'm just curious about this because all the other homies are in orlando and you are still in dc so yep. i'm sure that just complicates things um what, what you know walk me through that you know mikey you'd think that uh and i definitely thought that like how the heck am i going to do this uh it's uh i call it it's a lot of patience especially my, in a supportive uh wife um i definitely can couldn't do this without without her and uh it's basically when we tour i fly down for a few days or a few weeks uh when we we record i fly down and it's 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 a very you know good understanding and if i can't make a show we've had like our, one of our friends who like texts for us on tour fill in uh so it's been uh, great because i i've been almost i've, been, I've played almost every out of time show since i joined the band there's been a couple i couldn't make it's because of you know family stuff but it's been great because i just fly down and tickets actually are really cheap from dc and it's a two-hour flight so honestly it's not that bad like 
And given that, I think that now we're coming back into uh, the future of the music industry post COVID, I think grunt touring is going to be a thing of the past. So I think that it, this is going to make it even easier for me to tour them and do things like that. So definitely distance is definitely not an issue with us. Um, I always joke around that uh, being out of time is like dating four other dudes longest in the relationship because you're like trying to <laughs> try to stay in touch from, from states away. Uh, and honestly, I just they're so understanding. They're such great guys, and, and I'm so I'm not just saying this. I truly am incredibly lucky to know all four of those dudes. Hell yeah, man! And I, you know, going to Orlando isn't the worst place to have to fly for a quick weekend getaway. You know, it's not like they're in Iowa or some like lame place. Like you know, you can. <laughs> practice yeah. play a show and then hit up like one of the disney parks or orlando uh universal studios or whatever maybe. yeah it's it's funny you say that because i actually growing up in miami i hated orlando and i was like god it's so touristy and this is like oh my gosh because everyone when you when you're a kid in florida the number one surprise surprise family vacation is disney and i never grew to appreciate it because i i would go so much and when i when i joined the band i fell in love with orlando to the point where like sarah like my wife i'm like hey want to move to orlando she's like no absolutely not <laughs> and it's and orlando has incredible music scene lots of culture great food and it, there's more to it than just the parks and justin has really shown me that uh we're big beer guys big foodies um so like anytime i go down there the first thing i always do is i find me a good coffee shop find me a place i've never been to eat and let's just kind of enjoy ourselves and it's maybe kick it all together and we go, you know, to spots and Orlando's a great place. You're right. It's not, it's definitely, it, it could be worse. Definitely. <laughs> and you're kind of reaping the benefits of that cheap flight. Like the reason it's so cheap to fly to Orlando is because, you know, Disney's lining the pockets of all the airlines, CEOs and whatnot to make sure that the flights are cheap. So people don't realize they're spending $6,000 for a family vacation, you know, Dude. just at Disney alone. When, when, when your little one grows older, I I'll give you some pointers with Disney. Cause I definitely know the, the, like the pro tips of how to, you know, you know, pinch pennies at Disney, but I'll tell you, you're not kidding. $6,000 is, is a drop in the bucket for Disney. It's, it's easy to spend yeah. there. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's also funny too. Cause touring and coming down on flights i'll tell you the most like friendly airline for musicians is southwest hands down um when we came back from tour i, was, I justin and i were like dude how are we we were i don't know if it's just to show the story but when we were playing dc i remember we had these massive cabs and i do mean massive like i'm, I'm six foot and it goes up to like up to my like chest they're <laughs> big boys and they're wide we had to lug that up a, a fire escape that was like three stories and then it was wet. So, uh, and I remember Nick and everyone just like yelling at each other because we were so angry and like it was at each other, it was the situation. And uh, I, when we got back from tour, I'm like, how are you, how can we basically like play shows without lugging like all its gear around? And now like I fly Southwest, I can check my guitars and my amp because I basically do all like digital now. And they just, I can fly with it. And it's the easiest setup. I can go anywhere in the world with my, with my gear now. And that's been the, the biggest uh, takeaway from this pandemic, gear-wise at least. Hey, man, like you said, the music industry and touring is going to be so different post-COVID. And I'm excited to see how, you know, it benefits bands 
like you said, you know, bands don't have to go on these two month, three month long tours anymore. If they don't want to, they can do, you know, these smaller kind of, you know, week long tours or weekend tours and get, you know, just as much bang bang for their buck as, as if they did the long haul. So I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see how everything changes for sure. But, I think, I think, I think it'll be for the better. I really do. I, I do think that it's going to be um, like you said, not grunt touring week long tours, weekenders. And that's definitely something when we, 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 we finished, we just finished this album and we, we kind of strategize, okay, well, we have to make up dates from our last tour. We had, we had like dates sold out our last tour and we've come so far in the year from a listener's perspective. And we're like, we're, we're starting to think about tours and like, okay, it's starting to get you know safe again. And maybe we should start thinking about where we're going to play next and for how long. And definitely the week time frame is definitely what we're thinking, you know, do a couple of those throughout the year and then do one big one. And that's definitely the mentality we're going towards. Hell yeah, man. And I want to hear all about that. And we could chat about that on the outro of this episode. But I do want to get to our interview because it's an awesome conversation. I know that oh, yeah. I call fives and Jeff, you know, that band and, and Jeff are, are good friends with Mikey Forbes. So it's coming mm-hmm. full circle. We're keeping it in the oh, family. Yeah. So uh, I, I've met Jeff a few times. He's a good dude. Uh, I am a huge i call fives fan and when they when they announced they got signed to smart punk and they dropped that new single it what a heater uh and um it's funny because smart punk based out of orlando and that's who they signed to so i'm hoping you know we can one day you know all hang out because mikey is really close to him but yeah super excited to hear the interview yeah man so sit back relax and listen to our interview with jeff from i call fives and then stick around as uh, James and I continue to shoot the shit on the outro. Heck yeah. I wanted to ask you what you really thought that night. You wouldn't respond to me. I didn't want to start this fight. But it was all your fault. Because you could worse me. Bar Down Breakdown, we're in it. Episode 117, 117. We've got our boy Jeff from I Call Fives. That's right, you heard it. I Call Fives. You probably remember 2012, they put out that full length, that one full length, because, you know, that's what bands do. You put out one full length, it hits the airwaves, it rips, and then you just break the hell up. But 2021 is upon us, and I Call Fives is back. Uh, they've got a new track out, which is awesome. It's called Be Kind Rewind. Homie's wearing a Blockbuster shirt. That's just about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving it, man. So I, I got a, a, a bunch of stuff to ask you. But before we do that, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with us, man. 
Thank you for having me. I'm fucking stoked. Oh, by yeah. the way, am I allowed to curse? Of course. I've had it, man. Yeah, man. All right. Oh, yeah. Not that, like, I'm going to aim towards doing it, but I have an awful mouth sometimes, and uh, sometimes it just comes out, and I apologize. So it listen, can't be worse than Matt yep. from A Loss for Words. No yeah, oh, from Maddie. Maddie, man. I lo- love Maddie yeah. to death. I've loved Maddie for, for all times, but, like, when we were trying to figure out, like, a snippet to use – yeah, it was like the hockey podcast network that that we're on. They're super dope. They're like, they're like, yeah, have at it, man. You know, they, they love the fact that we're doing this crossover stuff. But they're like, yeah, if you could find like a 30 minute, you know, 30 second clip of like, you know, something with without language, we'd appreciate it. And combing through Maddie's episode was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Gotta go through that thing with a fine tooth comb. Right? But, yeah, uh, it was, yeah, it was for yeah. real. I think he was making like Dashi or something too that whole time. He was like talking <laughs> to us and like screaming into the kitchen. He's like, you put. You put the sardines in that fucking dashi or something? <laughs> Dude, it was great, man. That's uh, awesome. Love it, man. Love him. So um, let's talk Let's talk where we are now, and then we'll circle back. So 2021, you guys are back. Uh, Be Kind Rewind. Uh, you just dropped that uh, a little bit of time ago. It's awesome. So um, what are the plans around that single? Is it? A, are we talking an EP, a full length? What's What's on the horizon? So uh, we made our little comeback at the beginning of this year. Uh, we released a cover of At Your Funeral by Saves the Day. Uh, sort of like, uh, how you doing? What's up? We still exist. We're still yep. alive, still <laughs> playing some music, having a good time. And then uh, we released Be Kind, Rewind, a little over a month later, which is pretty much just a, a single that we wanted to get out showing that, hey, we are still writing music. Uh, it was sort of kind of a teaser for what we're going to be doing later this year. Uh, we actually are right now currently in the studio. Uh, so we are recording another EP, okay, awesome. which we're hoping to get out uh, probably in the fall. Cool. That's like I'm pushing <laughs> to really get it there in, sure. in the fall. But uh, worst case scenario, maybe late fall, early winter. But uh, it's going to be this year. And I'm awesome. super, super stoked on it all the songs are like, you know, I don't want to, obviously I'm biased, you know, like, cause I'm writing them, but, yeah. uh, this shit rules. <laughs> awesome. No, no, it's, it's just, it's, uh, you know, obviously we're a little older, a little wiser yep. and, uh, I'm really happy with the way the music's turning out. We, you know, we're, we're better at our instruments, yeah. you, know, you know, like there's little things you pick up along the way and, uh, you know, we're, we're super stoked on it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, a seven or eight year hiatus or, you know, however long it was for you guys, I mean, can, you know, can do a lot, you can do a lot for, uh, you know, maturity. It could do a lot for songwriting, but you know, I, I always like to ask bands who've kind of taken that hiatus and got older uh, when you first got into that practice studio and you did that first posse jump, what was that like? Were you like, Oh my God, my knees, Holy crap. How was I doing this? <laughs> no, no, no. We, uh, so uh, I, don't, I don't know about all the all the guys, but I, I, st- I stay pretty active. I actually <laughs> I, I play uh, in a deck hockey league, you know, pre pandemic. Okay. But uh, so, um, yeah, I know I can't play ice hockey. It's just too expensive. But <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah. So, I, I mean, I've been, I've been staying, you know, in shape as much as possible. Yeah, Hell I'm yeah. definitely getting older. I can't jump as high as I used to. But you, you get you get that adrenaline of being back on a stage when we play our first show back. Dude, I'm gonna jump higher than I've ever jumped before. I'm gonna do a fucking backflip into the crowd and break my neck, but I'm <laughs> I down. I love it. Let's I love it. it, man. And uh, so yeah, so that's the other thing that uh, we're now seeing really uh, more than more than ever. So you know, we had our our pandemic break, and now 
you know, that, uh, you know, people are getting vaccinated and the CDC is recommending that we can, you know, get a little closer without masks and stuff. Now you're seeing oh, all these closer, right? Yes. So now, but now you're seeing all these tours pop up, you know, uh, dashboard right. just announced theirs. Sad summer just got, uh, you Which know, looks fucking awesome, by the way. Yeah, they're, they're, man. Uh, dashboard doing the stuff with this wildlife and yeah. fucking into it over it. So That's, cool. Yeah, I'm super stoked on that. And the sad summer. Summerfest, hell yeah, yeah. So, so far. Yep, yeah, and, and uh, it's great, you know, that, that we're, we're at that point where we can, uh, you know, start to book shows again and start to see, you know, bands get out there and start touring again, which is really important because, uh, you know, 2020 was just that kind of, you know, black misery of a, of a year where a lot of musicians who relied on touring to put food on the table, you know, had to go out and, and, you know, get shitty jobs and, and, you know, kind of break their cycle. So it's great to know that that that's all coming back. So for I call fives, you know, is there anything that's materializing? Is there anything on the, like on the, on the whiteboard, as they say, in terms of touring, or is it just like, we're going to get out there and play a show first and kind of see what's, what's, what's going on? Uh, honestly, we're probably gonna take the second approach. We really, we, we don't want to, especially this is going to be our first real shows back since mm -hmm. our the last tour we did was an australian tour playing with like fucking green day and jimmy at world and panic at the disco back in wow. 2014 mm -hmm. uh we played a festival called soundwave down there and it was sure. it, it yeah. was awesome mm -hmm. uh but <laughs> it's, it's funny because we actually kind of broke up right before that well not broke up but we went on hiatus mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> and, and uh that's what our bass player drew called me up and he's like hey dude uh you want to go to Australia? And I was like, eh, you know, we, we've been there, you know, like, it's fucking awesome. I love Australia so much. I was like, who, I was like, who's all going? Like, what, what's it going to be? He's like, well, Green Day's going. I was like, okay, sign me the fuck up. Yeah, I, had two, right? I had two goals in life when I was 12 years old. I wanted to tour Warp Tour, got to do it. Fucking mm -hmm. awesome. Yep. And I wanted to play with Green Day and I got to fucking do it. I was standing on the side of the stage looking at Billy Joe. He doesn't know where the fuck I am, but it doesn't matter <laughs> because I, st <laughs> I still had a great time. And it was, it was, uh, it was, a you know, like one of those like moments in life where you literally just step back and you literally take it, a video or a picture that you can play back at any time in your mind because it means that much to you. And it was really, it was really awesome. And we had a great time, but going forward, you know, that was a lot, that was my last expectation of a show playing that. Now I'm really curious to see what it's going to be going forward. Obviously it's been a while since we played a show, sure. but um, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how excited I am to do it. Uh, I, again, nothing right now on the horizon for exactly what we're going to do. Uh, we're really focused because obviously we're in the studio right now. We're really mm -hmm. focused on finishing the CP. And then once this is out, then, and it's showtime. It's time to start setting some stuff up. But uh, we're looking at, we'll probably be planning towards that uh, probably mid late summer, something like that. Cool. So I guess I want to jump in here because, you know, a lot has changed since 2014 in your last show. Like some of the bands that were probably opening for you or, or maybe weren't even bands yet are now like, running the show like you got like the 100 the state champs <laughs> of the world the the you know i'm sure barons didn't even exist yet or grayscale or like any of those new pure noise records bands weren't even bands yet it's and so funny because like it's, it's straight up like the story so far is full uh first full u.s tour was opening for us and we are the union and handguns and that's uh, <laughs> i i like to use them as an example because of how phenomenal they've done and they're awesome fucking dudes by the way mm -hmm. uh, same thing with state champs dude i fucking love state champs every time they come through my wife's like hey you want to like reach out and 
if you can get us on the guest list. Yeah, and like, I, I'm, I'm still friendly with all those dudes. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to take advantage of any of that, uh, you know, like that friendship uh, when they do come through. But it's, it's, it's really, it's awesome to see the success that good people have had in this industry, which is yeah. really awesome. Uh, I really, I love the fact that uh, state champs, for example, as we, we played this little hall in North Jersey, which is right in between both of our hometowns that probably had a cap of maybe like 30 people. And there was like 50 people there. And like, it, it's funny looking back at that. And then like three, four years later down the line, you know, we're, we're still on hiatus. I went to go see them at uh, a local place in Philly called the TLA and dude, they saw that shit out and it's, popping the fuck off and i'm stoked like it's funny it's i'm like a proud dad like sitting on the side of the sitting on the side of the stage like man dude i fucked up i should still be doing this <laughs> this, is, this is fun as hell man i miss this and then you know then then i go back home and wake up in the morning to do my regular job and i'm like shit <laughs> but you know to piggyback off of that um that's actually you know something i wrote in the notes that i really wanted to bring up so Pure noise probably at this juncture is one of the probably the premier independent label for not only not, you know, not only pop punk, you know, a lot of different music, but, you know, pop punk specifically, mm -hmm. but, you know, here, here you guys are putting out your, you know, your full length in 2012 and you, you know, really it's you guys, the handguns record under soil and dirt and the transit and man overboard split that really is the genesis of pure noise records right so it's like those were really like i appreciate that thank you no thank absolutely, you. absolutely. Yeah, and i mean I, like I feel, I feel like you're giving me too much credit right now but I no appreciate but like it. but realistically you know like like the, you know the sound that you cultivated on that record uh the, the production value on that record and just when it came out in the you know the kind of like uh steps of, of pop punk you know in terms of the staircase of it absolutely. you guys were really that you know, that kind of jumping off point. And now nine years later, you know, the, the label is enormous and putting out all of this great music. So when you guys, you know, uh, went with pure noise for, you know, that, that EP and of course the full length, um, what was your thought process going into that? Because, you know, pure noise and Jake, I'm sure at that point were just sort of, you know, two or three years into it, they really didn't have the pedigree they have now. Was it kind of like, we're going to take a chance on these guys or was it just like yo like jake is a dude let's just put you know put all of our eggs into it honestly i i loved what i saw from jake uh when we, we so every time we went out to the west coast um um especially on that story so far tour when they mm -hmm. first hopped on jake was at those shows and uh he he <laughs> he worked hard which i really love i'll tell you one thing anything in this industry you can tell the difference between the people who are there to truly do, you know, do the work mm -hmm. and be successful. That's what, like, on on that the last tour we did in Australia, J like Jake was there. Like, I mean, I, obviously he had he had the story so far there, yeah, and several other bands. But mm -hmm. dude, he he works his ass off all the time, and I, dude, I'll always appreciate Jake. And I see that we we saw that work ethic, and we saw we we saw that success he was really just starting to build on yeah. and we want we 100 wanted to be a part of that and we were stoked on it uh previously to that we had worked with some other labels and and it, and again we, we've always had you know some good experiences but like yeah that really was that was like a a really solid jumping off point we uh, if anything we really got to take advantage of a lot of the things that jake does the right way which is why his labels found so much success and he'll continue yeah. to find success because he works his ass off and that yeah that's cool yeah and, and i know before uh you know before you guys were, were with pure noise for the full length i know you guys uh 
had a short spell on, on broken rim. And uh, it's kind of funny because so um, back home, uh, there's this really good, and I say back home, as far as Long Island is concerned, there's this really yeah. great, uh, really great independent label there called uh, Dead Broke Records. Uh, it's owned by uh, our, our homie Dumps, who's in Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he's put out a lot of, you know, uh, stuff from all over the world, a lot of local stuff from Long Island. But the, the reason I bring this up is because um, like most of the monetary success that B- Dead Broke was, was able to have was because they put out the two first Beach Slang EPs Okay. That like, you know, are on their like 14th or 15th press at this point. Right. Yeah. And Broken Rim is kind of the same way because they put out that first turnover EP and like that turnover EP is like a thing of lore, you know, and it's like it's like that's probably on it's like 10th or 11th press and it's probably sold like, I don't know, 10,000 copies. Um, So it kind of, you know, when you guys were first starting out and you were trying to find a label to, uh, you know, to like release like your first couple of EPs. Um, how did you come across Broken Rim? Because I know they were, I think you guys put out your stuff before Turnover. Uh, so yeah, so we actually, so before I was even in the band, the, mm-hmm. the, with the previous singer, they put out uh, First Things First with uh, like a, a no-name label. It was, uh, I think it was Open Your Eyes Records or mm-hmm. something of that nature, which honestly, the, the, the two guys that owned the record label were really like kind of managers more than they were like record label owners. And it got to the point, like, obviously, um, where James had left the band and I had come in to basically sing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually uh, toured on First Things First, uh, you know, an album or an EP that I didn't Mm -hmm. sing on. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, for uh, for honestly, probably about a year when I first Mm -hmm. joined the band, I was like, we need to put out more fucking music. Like, (laughs) let's fucking go, dude. Yeah. Yeah. and so we actually um, were very, very good friends. We have a great connection. Obviously, we grew up in the same area with the band The Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wonder Years were on No Sleep Records, and through that relationship, we got we were in we got in contact with Chris Hansen, the guy who owns No Sleep. No Sleep yeah. And uh, so that's actually that's and we started talking, and he was very interested in doing something with us. Uh, after seeing that, basically all we did was just to fucking tour and tour and self promote. Yeah, of course, like and like we turned this into our job. One hundred percent like Mm -hmm. looking back we we almost toured too much like (laughs) it was fucking crazy Mm -hmm. but uh we had so many great opportunities with a lot of great friends and got to make a lot of memories with it which was awesome but yeah so that that first uh so the first dp i was on with uh, bad advice uh which uh, was fucking awesome for me because you know it was my first like experience with this band previously i was in you know just like a, a south jersey local band stuff like that and as fun as it was this was night and day this was going from the the local band experience to like I don't want to call it the big leagues because you know it's not like we're fucking newfound glory or blink 182 but <laughs> this I would a strong triple a team yeah <laughs> well yeah <laughs> and it was going really well we were doing well at shows like kids were coming out for us yeah and uh and uh, so no sleep help us put out bad advice and when we were up in Buffalo uh, we met uh, Tedesco who owns Broken Rim mm-hmm. and uh, he he basically just said he's like dude I love this fucking EP I'm gonna press it for you mm-hmm. and I want to put it out and it's and that's that's what he did and it was fucking awesome he's still he's he's a great dude yeah and, and like uh, he, he was he's always a huge fan whenever we went up to Buffalo we'd hang out with him I, I remember one time we went to this Chinese buffet and uh, we found like a fucking worm in our food and, <laughs> and like it like ruined my 
one of my favorite things. I fucking love Chinese food. Oh, God. Uh, but no, awful. but dude, we got to do so, so many cool things with him. And, and like, and again, I'm all about people and yeah. the connections. Like just how like Jake was crushing out with pure noise. Kyle was passionate about what, what he was doing. And awesome. if it, like, as, as many things as we've had or people that have reached out to us to try to do things, that passion shines through. If you're passionate about things, people want to work with you. So uh, we saw that and that's why we joined up with them. Cool. Hell yeah. So Hell you, you, yeah. Mentioned, you mentioned <laughs> the Wonder Years and I feel like they kind of had that pop punk resurgence like and, and like we're leading that wave. So, you know, since they were in that Philly scene like you guys were, so like what was it like to experience that like at the local level first and then to see it then go to like the national level like, yo, this band is going to be it's going to be it phenomenal uh, it, was, it was really cool and it's funny because so like before joining i call fives I, I like i honestly i didn't i didn't know them that well like we had i my previous local band had played like a couple shows with them but we like i was never really super friendly when i joined i call fives our fir the first tour we ever did uh with me uh touring on that first things first ep was opening up for the wonder years and it was just a short little East coast tour, but like just getting to know all those dudes are fucking awesome dudes. Every one of them. That's what like the relationships you build, like while you're out on tour, it, like yeah. you really do become kind of like a family esque environment with the, with the other bands you tour with. And that's what like, for example, the, the EP we're recording right now is being engineered and mixed by Casey Cavalier and the, uh, the guitar player for the wonder years. Wonders, yeah. So, uh, so uh, he has a studio in South Jersey which is fucking awesomely convenient for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, like 10 minutes from my house. Dude, oh my God, I can't tell you how fucking fate of an ass it is to like go across the country or just even states away to fucking record an EP. But uh, yeah, no, oh my God, thank, thank goodness. It's only 10 minutes away. So if I need to like fix a track or he wants to try like some more oohs and ahs over something, I like, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, it's eight o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, I'll head right over. I'll be right over, man. No, that's awesome. And, yeah. uh, and Jersey seems to be um, kind of like, like having a resurgence itself in terms of like, you know, not just music, but like engineers and stuff. I know, um, um, oh, who is it that just uh, uh, started over at Gradwell? I forget. Um, the name is escaping me, but I mean, like, you know, Gradwell's another one of those, like, you know, Jersey recording studios has been around forever and, um, you know. Dude, I, I recorded my first uh, recording ever when I was 12 years old at Gradwell House with the previous owners, not the people who own it now, mm -hmm. with uh, like the house engineer. Yep. And we did literally just because we, <laughs> I think it was like $200 total. We recorded five awesome. like live, live songs. Oh, absolutely. And I was so proud of them. They were Absolutely. so like, little 12 year old me is like, I fucking rule. I'm the <laughs> king of the world. I'm the best rock player in the world. And then that, you know, looking back at it, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's crazy to see the difference that 10 years in, in someone's life. Oh yeah. There. And not, and not only that, but it like 10 years makes a world of difference in terms of the accessibility that bands have to like good recording equipment. Like, you know, I, t I talk about this kind of ad nauseum, but you know, when I was in my high school band, you know, in like 2005 or 2003 or whenever it was, yeah. I mean, like, you know, none of us had like money to go to like a decent recording studio. Like it just wasn't going to happen. So yeah, you, you do these like basement demos where like somebody like found their dad's shitty seventies mic and like they just mic up the kick drum and they throw like one overhead mic over your cymbals and everything sounds tinny and terrible, but you know, you're, you're proud of what you're able to create. But today, I mean, like, you know, if you've got like 
a four track and access to like all this pre-pro stuff and all of these plugins, you could like make a record that sounds like a million bucks and literally spend nothing on it. It's so uh, fucking unfair. It, it really <laughs> is. Like straight up. Like I, I, I you know what? I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty tech savvy. And I like I, I was very I, I was blessed and my father was a musician as a child, like which is why uh, from a very young age, I was taught uh, multiple instruments, nice. and like I like I started singing at a very young age, very reluctantly. I wanted to be a fucking drummer, and yeah. my dad's like, "No, you will not be a fucking drummer. You're a front man. You're too fucking good at singing. You're gonna Love fucking that. sing." Awesome. And, and I was I was like, "Damn, well, fuck you then." No, no. <laughs> no but uh, it's it's funny. I actually went to uh, some like summer camp because I was. I, I think I'd gotten in trouble the summer before like skateboarding and just getting in some fucking shit. Mm -hmm. And then the next summer is like, he's like, fine. You're, you're, he's like, you're going to some kind of camp or something like that. So he sent me to an acting camp. And right. uh, so I did musical theater, which is really fucking ironic because yep. guess who went there with me? The original fucking singer of I Call Fives. And we became, it's funny because we we were like really good friends there. And we just, you know, like it fell apart. And, you know, like yep. years later down the line and, you know, then we both ended up singing for the same band, which is ironic. But, you know, it, it's, it's just funny. But like, yeah, that really kind of broke me out of my shell for singing wise. Awesome. And I'm, I'm thankful for it. You know, it was it worked out really well. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So um, I guess let's let's talk a little bit of, about your hockey upbringing before we get back into some more music talk. Hell yeah. So, so uh, you know, you mentioned how you played deck hockey and I'm just curious because I've never played deck hockey. Like mm -hmm. I always played roller hockey and then ice hockey. Like you said that it's less intense. I would imagine like <laughs> running around would be way more intense. No, no. So <laughs> it's, it's actually ironic, but it's a, so at a very young age, I started off playing roller hockey. I played a little bit of ice hockey. Uh, and when I got back from touring and, and all the shit, cause I mean, believe it or not touring, like you, you spend most of your time in a van, like laying down or sitting down, you think you'd be really out of shape, but like that 30 minutes to an hour that you play on stage is like so intense, especially like I've always tried to like, physically put on a show i jump around like a fucking maniac and like i've always loved that part of it yeah. but like you walk off the stage it, lo it looks like you know like i am currently a shower not like i took a shower like fucking water is coming out of my body profusely like it's a fucking shower head but <laughs> like it, it, you just and like i was just so in shape and then like when i was done like the, for the first month I was home, like, I just like, dude, it like hit me. I was like, man, dude, I feel like shit. I need to go back and start doing something. Mm -hmm. So my, a uh, couple of my cousins uh, play at this. There was a little deck hockey rink down the right. And I was like, ah, it can't, it can't be that bad. Yeah. I don't want to fucking run around the whole time, but it can't be that bad. And uh, yeah, it's, it, and I'm sorry if I downplayed it earlier, it is a fucking, it's like running a marathon. It, it gets, especially play you play, I play on a full size rink. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> when you're, you're running back forth, uh, back and forth on a full size rink with a ball, not a puck, yep. uh, you're chasing that thing around. You're, whew, yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can burn some calories. I, I definitely, I miss the skates in, in that scenario, but it's not only is a great workout, it's fucking fun, dude. I, I like, I just love playing hockey and it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, how you, you got beer leagues and, and ice hockey. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's just, 
I, I don't know how, but somehow there's more fighting. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but it's 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 always entertaining. There's always one kind of fucking spat at a game. It's hockey, but uh, <laughs> like it, it's just it's such a good time, man. I, I love doing it, and I that's I'm I'm so excited for like this whole pandemic nonsense to be over to where we I, I can get back into it. Obviously, we haven't played it since all this nonsense. I'm now fully vaccinated which is fucking awesome. I'm so excited to be able to go back out in public, but again, I'm still like rocking my mask until everything is, I know everything's fucking good. Um, I, I, so I, I, dude, I, I do everything from home now. I work from home for my regular yeah. day job. I work from home, a full-time fucking Twitch streamer. And mm-hmm. and I, now my, the only time I get to play hockey is I got, I have the little hockey sticks and a little ball and a little foam puck that I play with my two-year-old son with. And I'm showing him, I'm showing him how to board people. And, you know, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah man floor hockey definitely took up many nights of my childhood it was oh my best. god dude that's, that's one of like the greatest memories of me and my father we had this um so we, my parents had a fireplace at their house but they have that that little gate thing that went over the fireplace yeah and yep. we turned that around that was a net and yep. like the goalie you'd be on your knees and you, the, the other guy would fucking take the shots and sometimes you get smacked in the face with a ball <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, dude that, that that's character building right there that's what that is Hell yeah. I don't think kids play floor hockey anymore because I'm a fourth grade teacher. Not at all. And I really don't think they do. And I'm like, where did we go wrong? I don't even see kids. (laughs) You know, I I live in North Carolina now, so maybe that's why. But like, I don't even see kids in the street playing street hockey. Like, what the hell? Because you got you got to realize that, like, you know, nowadays, everyone is so connected in terms of, you know, the Internet and playing video games and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I used to love playing video games as a kid, but, you know, at the same time, I'd be outside on the street playing street hockey or, you know, uh, having really bad like backyard and front yard wrestling matches with friends and like doing stuff that like, you know, was you probably couldn't pull off today because it's yeah. too too dangerous or like it's too scary and parents are too one you know like i don't know but <laughs> but you know there is some country's to- gone to hell parents I- are pussies we need to <laughs> no, it's true man all parents no, man I, no i get it and uh, people have gotten very protective and I, I completely understand it and like i said it makes sense i we've definitely become more uh, I, I like more uh, it's hard to say less socialized because we yeah. become more socialized with all this like interactions on the yeah, internet course, and stuff like yeah. that but yeah yeah i feel like that whole connection you would have with like your neighborhood kids is not what it used to be kind of no, thing like not. and uh that's which is a bummer because that's, that's some of the greatest memories you know like we have uh yeah. like again i'm a i'm a huge flyers fan um i'll never well my dad will never forget uh we uh we lost the puck and I, I went into my dad's like collection of autograph shit. And I was like, we need a fucking puck. There's a puck here. I'm going to take this puck. And it was, it was, it was autographed by Bobby Clark. And so I took the, you got like the hockey version of the sandlot. Of the sandlot. I was just going to say. Straight up fucking, you know, like, and it's, it, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've never put that together. I'm a fucking idiot. I love the sandlot. <laughs> no, no, but like I straight up, I took his Bobby Clark autographed flyers puck, which we, we have a litany of autographs and stuff like that was, that was another way me and my dad used to bomb. We'd play like hockey, baseball, everything together, but we used to like go to games and get autographs and pucks and all that yeah. cool shit. Mm-hmm. But so I take his Bobby Clark puck and I take it out there and he gets home from work and like the nets are set up. Like, uh, so it goes across the street. Like I'm playing with, you know, my neighbor's kids and the other neighbors 
And he he he's little he's like he's like why is the puck black? He's, he's like he's like because we were using one of the street hockey pucks yeah. that had the you know the three little balls in it. And it was it was like yep. it was like bright orange, so it was like so easy to see. And, and I was like I was like oh it's it's one of the, it's one of the uh, the ones we use from inside. And he's like we don't have a puck. He's like what do you, he's like what is that? And I I remember him picking this up and losing his fucking shit. And I just I was like and you know like I'm just like I'm sorry <laughs> like yeah. laughing like being the an great asshole. bambino. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the baby great Bambino. <laughs> what a great movie. The Colossus of Cloud. Yeah, seriously. So uh, here's what I want to know. So I, I know a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people in, in Jersey are split. You know, it's you're either mm-hmm. a Devils fan or you're a Flyers fan. But it seems to be, you know, the closer, the closer you are to that, you know, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania demarcation line they usually end up being a flyers fan so i know you being from south jersey um is that the reason why you were a flyers fan just because your your pops was and you were kind of right on that border is that the deal yeah i could you could literally throw a rock from my house and hit the wells fargo center uh right now like we we very close to it we went to a lot of games growing up Mm -hmm. and stuff like that like literally right down the street is the 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 Voorhees uh fucking skate center yeah which is where the flyers practice like Mm -hmm. I, i get to go see the like at a very young age my dad, when he, again, my dad was a musician before he used to, uh, like, he didn't used to do it regularly, but like a couple times when I was younger, he actually sung the national anthem at, at, at that time, which was the spectrum or uh, I forget, yeah, I forget, the, yeah, the spectrum, yeah, the spectrum. Yeah. and, uh, and it like, which was fucking awesome. I was, I was yeah. like, dude, this is awesome. That's my dad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like cool, cool shit like that. Like I, I've always had, uh, like a great connection with the flyers, uh, which is ironic. Cause you know, like, yes, I'm from New Jersey and I hate the fucking devils. They're, uh, they're like some of the like worst memories sports wise as a child were from fucking like Scott Stevens elbowing uh, Eric Lindros in the forehead and fucking yeah, ending his career. Absolutely. Gotta hate fucking Scott stevens uh anyways uh no but it really is i feel like most of north jersey is like kind of honestly pushing towards like the new uh, the new york side i know a lot of islanders and rangers fans that are up up in that area mm-hmm. like the, the devils really hold down like central jersey and like uh, maybe a little towards the shore area but i mean if you, yeah if you, central jersey doesn't really exist so it's kind of hard to, to draw a line <laughs> but uh <laughs> everything south of a certain area yeah it's yeah. It, we're all we're all philly fans uh flyers eagles you know philly sixers all that stuff sixers number one seed in the east let's go yeah they gotta run man <laughs> they're they're and and you know for for us i mean I, I don't think mikey and i are huge basketball fans but i mean this is the first season uh, that I can remember maybe outside of six or seven years ago when the, the Knicks were actually contending. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind <laughs> of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see you know, when the playoffs start jumping off, how the, how the Knicks fare, because the, the East is, uh, is chock full of great teams, man. It is. So uh, it is, the, it's, it's a tough year to be in the East. No, it, it really is. is. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting, but so uh, let's talk a little bit of, of playoff hockey. So uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, we're, we're not seeing, uh, seeing the flyers, which is kind of a bummer, right? But there is, but and a lot of people predicted them yeah. back in. So, but yeah, I mean, dude, that little shortened shit season last year, they were the number one seed because of that, like, that bingo round yeah. <laughs> they, they, they beat the what tampa bay the capitals and the yeah. bruins in the first three games and they're like oh they're in the number one seed yeah, right? they went on like a little bit of a hot run because they came back from a break hot but yeah, yeah. this this year it's very unfortunate uh, i am still absolutely watching the playoffs just because I, I i love hockey but yeah I'm, I'm bitter about it 
it I mean, sucks I'll, watching, you know, like the the Capitals, you know, playing yeah. the fucking Bruins. I'll tell you what, <laughs> though, man. That uh, last year, man, that 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 Isles Flyers series, man, what that was a great. What series, a series, man. man. That was just some chippy, just like really rough, like rough and tough old time hockey. hockey. Was, ooh, they series they wouldn't go away either. Yeah. They, they just like every time I thought the Islanders were ready to just finish it off, it's like nope. Nope. We're getting, yeah. we're going to have one more game, one more game. And I was like, Dude, I swear to God, I like, I, I don't know if it was like game three or game four in that series. I was like, I have to go up and take out Matthew Barzal. I have to take <laughs> him out. Like if we get rid of this problem, everything yep. else will go away and we'll win. <laughs> like, <laughs> like maybe I could like, you know, slash his tires or, like, you know, just something like that. No, but it, it really was a great series. And uh, it, it was really cool. Cause again, both both teams were in a good spot, and I, I don't I don't think either of them uh, were going to win that next series. But you know uh, that that series we get we get, we can go back and look at that and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. and and oh, I think yeah. that's the that's the other kind of scary thing too, what, when you look at the the playoffs here and like how good some of these teams that aren't in that Eastern Division are. I mean, like when you look at how good the Hurricanes have been, when you look at how good. You know the the lightning, even even the the Panthers, man. Oh, it's dude, just like dude, they the, look good, man. That was like the best game yesterday. That was actually. a hell of a game. That hell that yeah. that lightning Panthers game, and that's going to be a hell of a series, man. We we were talking uh, in our last episode with um, with uh, one of our buddies who's a who's a a Pens fan, and um, we were talking about how that is like our series is kind of going to be the sleeper series, just because a lot of people have already written the Islanders off, and you know they're like ah the Penguins aren't like the same Penguins, so but um that Tampa Bay, Florida game, man, if that sets the tone for the rest of that series, that's going to be be an awesome series. I I really, and it's, it's really incredible how like Tampa Bay has cultivated their talent. Like even like they have a litany of superstars now, but like even, even their younger talent is showing up. Like Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's, I'm so fucking jealous of that. Like, cause I really feel like so like from a Flyers fan perspective, we have we have this core of older players that we have started moving away from, honestly, yeah. after last year, you know, mm-hmm. no more Wayne Simmons. Yep. And like we're just like which which kills me. I'm like, dude, I love the Wayne train. Uh, you know, like I, I wish him success in whatever he does. Yeah, of course. But uh <laughs> it really is just it is really hard to sing like we have such solid talent like Sean Couturier or uh, JVR and things like that. We have like the, the like the pieces, but like, it, like it just never really falls into place. It feels like the, the heart wasn't there. Like it, like it was previously, but we have, we have a lot of good young talent and I hope to God we cultivate it. That's why like, so Ron Hextall is the new GM of the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Like he was here and everybody like gave him shit because he wasn't going out and getting those fucking superstars. He wasn't get. he was cultivating young, good talent. And like, yep. we're seeing the benefits of it now. Like Joel Farabee is our fucking goal leading scorer in goals. Mm-hmm. And like, he's just like, nobody was looking at Joel Farabee, you know, like fucking six or seven years ago. Like oh, he, am. Ron Hexel has got a good eye for young talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, again, that's, uh, I'm really, uh, I'm bummed that we kind of, you know, like, like it's it's my hockey team and i want it now like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, like uh, but 
but they're, you know, one of the things that they've been saying uh, mm-hmm. that I've been kind of reading with some of the, you know, the, the teams that are in the off season now is uh, they're looking at the flyers at potentially being one of the most aggressive teams in the off season. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's our, that's our new GM and he has made that public, which is mm-hmm. always good. You know, like yep. showing your cars in a poker hand, it's always fucking great idea. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, like, it's, I just don't, I, like, I don't, I don't get, I don't get that. Like I, I but no, it's, it's a hundred percent true. It's, it's just, it's, it's easy to read because that's i'm really i'm just um very interested in what they're going to do and uh the meeting our gm had with claude Giroux uh, instead of our coach uh the coach was not present uh (laughs) which is fucking baffling to me which is they they just extended him elaine vignol uh so i'm 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 happy i think he's a good coach i just i i think we're really lacking chemistry this year i think with the actual like a full yeah. season of pra- uh, practice mm-hmm. and team building i think will be solid absolutely but, uh, well, we'll 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 see what happens but yeah if if we're aggressive we can get some actual scoring talent in here i'd be very excited we got a lot of good young guys but we need we need defense you got to put somebody in front of carter hart he's he looked fucking demoralized towards the end of the season yeah, he really did. and he's supposed to be like i mean i, I I'm, I'm saying he's supposed to be a stud he is a stud like he he's he's a, he's a really solid goalie and he just at the end of the year, he looked like a deer in headlights and just um, definitely looking forward to ha- having some better defense in him other than just Ivan Provorov. That's what, like, dude, Niskanen retired fucked us hard, man. That's, like, I, you know what's funny? Like, I always used to hate Niskanen because, you know, he's a capital. And uh, it's really – it's and when he came over here, I was like, I was like, ah, it's going to be like another one of those, you know, just move over here for one or two years. And he goes to another team. Like he's mm-hmm. just chasing a cup kind of thing. And, 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 you know, after he retired after that, that first year, I was like, dude, he was a staple in the success of the team that year. Like mm-hmm. he really, dude, he helped Provorov develop his game further than what it was. Um, I, th- I, I think that's, that's what they need. They need like a, a, a uh, not one they, they need two or three solid defenders yeah. i think i think that's kind of the the role that uh guys like you know like leo Komarov and, and andy green yep. play on the islanders mm-hmm. is really you know they're they're probably past their prime in terms of being you know excellent hockey players but in terms of having a hockey mind you know they're there to develop all these young kids and just be like you know yeah you're 20 and you think you're the shit but like you know let's let's learn the the fundamentals of hockey, which we can teach you because we've been here and we've been to the dance. So mm-hmm. um, it's always good to have that kind of depth on your team for, 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 if anything, you know, just to put someone out there and, and, you know, with the, with, with the playoffs, it's a whole different ball game. And, you know, game one for the Islanders at least was that realization of like, you know, Kyle Palmieri just woke up, you know, yeah. like, you know, we, 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 we figured out, oh, you know, Dude, he's a fucking flyer killer, man. That's the man he, and you know what it is, is, <laughs> You know, a lot of people have always said, you know, he, he's a super streaky guy. We have mm-hmm. streaky guys on the team already, but, um, you know, it, it was getting to the point with a lot of Islanders fans where like Palmieri and Zajac was just like, what did we do? Like what? Like, yeah. We gave up a first round pick for nothing. And then here he comes, you know, scoring, you know, the, the game winner. Yeah. And, uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, finally, you know, breaking out of that mold. So it, it, it makes you feel good, you know, because you can kind of finally validate why this move was made and, and, and what it's going to do for this team in the playoffs. But so, you know, for, for you, I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but just to go maybe just a hair more into detail. Sure. So as far as being aggressive in the off season, as far as trying to spend a little bit of money, you know, kind of that cap that you have, do you mm-hmm. have your eye on any particular free agents that you think the flyers would really benefit from, you know, your, 
if anyone, you know, anyone that you'd love to see, you know, wearing the, uh, wearing the orange. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know the, uh, who's going to be a free agent this year. I really don't, okay. uh, but I, I'll, I'll pull it up right now. I'll tell you right now. Uh, top 30 unrestricted free agents of 2021. Hell yeah. Let's, Let's see. Uh, Dougie Hamilton would be fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Young defender that, you know, I mean, maybe he didn't like hit his stripe, but he showed a lot of fucking promise. And I, I, I think he'd be pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Hold on, Jeff. I just want to comment and give you some praise on sure. how quick you were able to pull that list up. Cause Tom put you on the spot there. And like, Tom, I don't know who the unrestricted free agents are at this point. Like that's a tough question <laughs> no, to ask so. someone. So like the fact that you pulled that up so quickly, like kudos to you, dude, because we are so bad at Googling things on this podcast that you would have been <laughs> sitting here for 15 minutes at, trying to pull up that yeah, list. We've, so, we've, so we've actually, we've been called out for how bad we Google actually <laughs> by a guest. Like it's, it's, it, it's a heartbreaker. No, but... no, no. It's so, I, so <laughs> as I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a full-time video game streamer. And one of the most important things is your ability to be able to have a conversation. And a lot of times you don't know what the fuck people are talking about. So like, if someone in the chat's talking about some nonsense while I'm trying to kill someone yeah. in call of duty, mm-hmm. I got to be able to pull that shit up while I'm trying to kill people. And like, just, just to be able to keep the conversation going. Cause that's, that's, that's what drives people's interest is that oh, you're, you know, you're relating to them and have an actual conversation but no no seriously with the uh, the unrestricted free agents i'm really like i mean he's a fucking brat but he's so goddamn good i love taylor hall I like <laughs> i'm trying to think uh tyson berry might be solid but same thing he's not really a defensive defense defensive man he's you know he's really kind of like a sort of like a, a ghost kind of player where he can really contribute and you know uh help out like the power play and stuff like that but there's 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 no one really I'm like super honestly stoked about. There's a couple big names here. Obviously, you have like uh like uh, Vetchkin's an unrestricted free agent. If they don't fucking sign him, I'll go, I'll fucking shit in my pants and throw it at somebody. But like, like no, like it's just <laughs> sorry if that was a little too much. But well, I, I'm definitely keeping that clip in case he doesn't <laughs> sign with them. <laughs> like, no, oh, you, you got to do it on your Twitch yeah, now. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> be, be one of my challenges. <laughs> but it's it's I I just I really want the Flyers to focus on strengthening their defensive core. We have a lot of a lot of good young talent that needs to be developed. Uh, um, fucking uh, like Morgan Frost. Like, there's like there's so many good young players that we have sitting waiting in the wings to sort of like come up and fill a position. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with this expansion draft to see who's protected and who's taken kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious to see what we have to work with right off the bat, because like, like we have great depth when it comes to the center position. Uh, We have solid wingers. We have, we have a ton of playmakers. We don't have a lot of like snipers. We don't have, we don't have people that can, if they're like they're one on one and they're taking the shot, they can't pick that corner always. They always try to make the extra pass to give them that much more room, and that's that's why I feel like the Flyers always kind of like fuck up. They always try to do a little bit too much, which again, you know, sometimes it works out great and the the fucking goalie's left with his dick in his hand. But a lot of the time, it just it, it they're just they end up ma- trying to make that extra pass and the play gets broken up. There's only so many times the defenseman's going to be fooled. Yeah, uh, but you know. It is what it is. I just, I really hope they continue to build and they, they bring in some of that, so, some of those solid older players that can cultivate that young talent and help them move into Cause again, 
there's so many solid teams right now. I like I can see the Flyers being competitive. I don't see them winning the Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. But if they cultivate that young talent now, and the, it's it's sort of like uh, like what the what the Blackhawks did uh, back in like the mid two thousands. Like they really they really they. They got they they hit. They got Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, uh, and then you've got the back end held down by uh, Duncan Keith and Seabrook, and like they, they yep. had just this solid team that grew up and developed together. That's why I don't like being the the crazy buyers on the market, unless mm. you're doing like I said, you don't have to get the fucking start. Like you don't have to go get Alex Ovechkin. Like you don't have to throw bill you know billions millions of dollars at somebody <laughs> yeah. and try to get them to change their jersey. You're like, like yeah, that's gonna that's gonna sell tickets next year. But like it, looking at it from the long run, I, I don't like GMs who do that. I like GMs who build from within because then you're not you're not that team that wins one year. You're the team that is consistent. Like that's why, and, and I, I mentioned. This earlier that's why i love tampa bay uh every year like yeah you had steven stamkos like and that was like your stud yeah but like they built solid young talent around them they they went out and got the necessary items like that they needed to cultivate that talent kind of mm-hmm. thing like i remember so we made a trade and we sent like Braden Coburn down there, which dude, I fucking hate Braden Coburn. He was always the guy getting like dangled around and like everyone was like, like it was like his pants were on the fucking ice every time. Uh, but, he's, he's and, technically an Islander right yeah, now. I know, I know, I know. He's so I, I still technically, I still don't <laughs> like him. <laughs> so, no, but so anyways, and he, he goes down there, but in, he knows the game and he, he helped develop those younger guys. And then like, it eventually turns into, consistent deep playoff runs and eventually a Stanley cup. I can't believe they haven't won before last year. I really like they have, they have, they have so many studs and like you, they, you get lucky and you get fucking like Braden point comes out of nowhere. And he's a fucking, uh, dude. it's not lucky dude. So last it's skill it's fucking, they know what they're doing. Well, yeah. dude. So last year when the, the lightning were in the cup, the Syracuse crunch tweeted it out. Like, because the Syracuse crunch is their AHL affiliate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was like something crazy, like 15 Syracuse Crunch alumni were on that Tampa Bay team, like 15 oh, wow. dudes, which that's is like, crazy. yeah, that, crazy. that's, that's insane. So that's like, what, that's yeah. a, that's a solid AHL franchise. That's doing a really good job developing the team. And like geographically, it makes zero sense. And I'm always like, why would anyone want their AHL team in Syracuse, New York? But if it's an AHL franchise that actually has like a good coaching staff and can like really develop people who gives a crap where they are. So like, maybe that maybe Tampa Bay has just figured it out all these years ago. And like, that's that's really why they have this core and like Stamkos can miss half the season and, and they don't even know you don't even yeah. notice and and then also like someone pointed this out last night how Tampa Bay all of a sudden game one had all of their stars coming back yeah Nikita Kucherov comes back <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like crazy because in the playoffs the cap doesn't matter so like they were staying under the cap when all these guys were hurt and then all of a sudden (laughs) everyone's back it's like wait a second that seems suddenly the accountants matter (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it's i mean it's 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 a game you gotta play it from every angle and uh they they've got it figured out right now and that's and that's 
they're, they're going to be a ridiculously hard team to beat. That's why I, I am excited for that series. That yeah. series is going to be awesome. It is yeah, for now, sure. So um, hold oh, on what? before we get back to some music, because I know we're, we're coming up on an hour already. I do want to just talk about ghost because like when we first started doing this podcast, uh, like years ago, mm-hmm. we had Vaughn from that band grayscale on. And I asked him like, it's that was like when he was starting to be on the decline, mm-hmm. but like, my understanding was that they were going to build like their defensive core around him. And now like you guys are putting him on waivers and like, it seems like you guys want him out of here. Like what happened there? Did they rush him like from union? Cause he went to union college and like yep. won the championship with mm-hmm. them. Like, did they rush him into the NHL too early? And he like, he's, he didn't develop the way he was supposed to. Uh, I think they brought him up a little bit too early. Uh, I think uh, he w- found a lot of success. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you've watched plenty of tape or just actually seen him in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a very, very similar move that he uses on the line that is very effective. Uh, and then people caught on to it and he couldn't adjust. And that was the, they, they started sitting him because, I mean, as effective as he, he's got a great shot. He's got a fucking laser. He, he like he can just pound a slap shot, pick corners. He's an offensive defensive man, and it's it, it kind of reminds me like uh, like when Sammy Vatnin uh, was younger, uh, like how he would push up on the power play, um, and just he he was he was it was like having an extra forward every every time he was on the ice, which which was great, but then a, a light got broadcasted on him that where he there were certain plays where if you were a little bit more physical with him where he just disappeared and you're in the end you're you're playing a defensive position and uh he's he fell out of favor with a lot of flyers fans and uh it, like you could almost see it affect him mentally um and then he starts getting sit and when he was coming back Every, which is funny, every time he came back, every single time he came back from any kind of either when he was, you know, play, uh, like literally just placed off or <laughs> they talked about sending him down to the Phantoms. And like and it's uh, every time he got brought back from that, he, he produced, he scored goals, like he made shit happen. And then it just sort of drifted away every single time he came back, which is a real bummer because dude, I, 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 dude, I loved him. I think, I think he has so much potential. I think he's going to be a stud if he can prog- uh, improve his defensive game. I think he can be a staple that a, a defensive core can kind of build around, but then you, you got people blowing by him or some just knock him on it, knocking him on his ass in a corner, losing every puck as a defenseman is, is, is kryptonite, dude. It's, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And and I think that's fantastic insight. So it looks like we've got time for probably just one last question. So I'm going to field it. And this is just a question of pure curiosity. So, um, you know, comb through the Spotify, you know, you guys got 1 million streams on your third eye blind cover, right? So it's like, uh, (laughs) how is it going to be right? So I mean, it's a dope, dope cover. I love it. But um, what I wanted to ask you about as far as covers are concerned sure. um, is uh, uh, your uh, the cover that you loaned to uh, Pacific Ridge for for the movie life. Uh, it's something. Hell so, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you know, from Long Island, huge no one movie ever life asks fan. about that. And I fucking love it. <laughs> and, and I mean, and it, it's a great cover. And there are a lot of great covers uh, on that on that little compilation. The most funny thing to me, though, is that uh, this time next year didn't play this time next year 
which kind of doesn't make <laughs> yeah, a, it doesn't make on glass, yeah right, right? <laughs> doesn't make a lick of sense to me but anyways um just take me through uh you know how you decided to choose that song and i guess you know what the movie life means to you because you know the movie life is one of those bands that if they didn't exist a lot of these newer pop punk bands probably wouldn't play a fucking chord you know oh yeah dude uh so uh anyways uh when i first started getting into like the whole pop punk scene uh i really i was a drive-thru records kid 100 percent drive-thru records fucking loved them changed the way i listen to music yep. uh, and it re- that really i got brought to that by the starting line uh the starting line mm-hmm. is from around our area yeah, i saw right. them in very very small venues playing small shows to not a lot of people and, and like they were just so out of like like the band that played before them and or after them was so far disconnected from how how fucking awesome they were that i was like i was like oh dude i gotta learn everything about them because i want to be just like them i want to i want to be i want to be fucking better than them which you know of course obviously never happened starting like best friend ever <laughs> but <laughs> no but it was it was so basically what happened was i i looked at the back of you know their cds and i was i was like okay drive through records and i looked it up myspace.com slash the starting line and like and i'm doing all this like research and then i get to drive through records.com mm-hmm. and i'm like look at all these fucking bands they're so good and like i'm listening like and i'm just like i'm like and i'm clicking on you know newfound gold and i'm clicking on finch and i'm clicking on fucking hello goodbye like dude like every band on that label like i started to fall in love with and then like yeah obviously we got the movie life (laughs) and then like and it just it which was funny because they were definitely a little grittier than what i was used to listening to especially coming from Mm drive-thru and that's and and it's uh so uh the the first song i ever really got into by them was walking on glass and uh so i was playing a show and uh, this was in like my first band ever. It was like in a middle school cafeteria on like the like the shitty wooden stage with the worst you know amplifiers and speakers yeah. you've ever seen. And one of the bands covered uh, covered Walking on Glass, and I was like, hell yeah! And they're <laughs> like kids. Kids were like fucking like mosh pitting, which they weren't doing to any other band. And I was like, oh, the, I didn't know anyone else knew these fucking songs. <laughs> and then, uh, and then eventually, it got to the point where, like, you know, obviously, you know, has a gambling gambling problem, and fucking this time next year, like yeah. shit, shit like that. And it just became like just just another band to fall in love with. And it was just, yeah, yeah it was great. But uh, eventually, awesome. uh, the the person who put out the compilation reached out to us, and I feel like a dick, so I, I not, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now, but. They uh, they reached out to us and asked if we'd be interested in doing a movie life cover and we said absolutely and th- they asked us uh, what songs we'd be interested in and I was like I was like do we have like free roam what can we do and then we all like collectively I call fives we all like kind of pitched a couple songs that we loved and we landed on it's something uh, it was originally brought up by Chris uh, our uh, our guitar player he's the uh, he's not our guitar player anymore he's actually the lead singer of Nominee I'm not sure if you guys ever uh, heard them but they're fucking awesome if you haven't mm-hmm. go check them out awesome dudes. Uh, but yeah, he he brought it up first, and I was like, yeah, that's a good fucking song. Let's try that. And we started playing because we were playing in his garage at the time, just mm-hmm. practicing. We were about to go on a tour, and, the, and and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, let's fuck around with it. And we started playing a little bit of it, and I was like, dude, fuck yeah, dude, I love this song. Hell yeah, let's do this. And that's awesome. yeah, and we just landed on it. Hell yeah, dude, that's awesome. I I love to hear it. So, dude. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast with us, man. We uh, definitely would love to have you back on. 
Uh, who knows? Maybe even during the off season when the Flyers are making all these crazy moves. So hell yeah, you, dude. you could be like, uh, Ovi's a flyer now. So I guess I got to <laughs> take shit out of my pants and throw it. So. <laughs> well, uh, if Alexander Ovechkin becomes a flyer, I'll send you the video. <laughs> <laughs> no, Perfect, but, man. I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to see what changes are going to be made. And if I have to buy an Alexander Ovechkin flyers jersey, then I have to do it. But you no. know, <laughs> and like, listen, I mean, I, you know, if if you didn't want Alexander Ovechkin on your hockey you're team, dumb. Dumb. You're, you're some sort of some sort of <laughs> idiot. But yeah. Jeff, dude, thank you so much. We're super stoked for uh, what I call fives has to uh, has on the horizon. Uh, definitely check out Be Kind Rewind. It's on all of the streaming platforms. EP coming out in a couple of months. We're super stoked for it. Jeff, brother, thank you for your time, man. You have a great rest of your night and. Go, what are you about to do? You about to Twitch some shit? Tell, tell us what you're about to Twitch right Fuck now. Fuck yeah, dude. If you guys want to hang out and uh, play some video games with me or just there, you know, talk stupid shit, uh, we can talk about hockey or uh, me throwing shit at things. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's twitch.tv slash Jeff Todd Live. That's what this this JTL behind me stands for. If you're uh, wondering, like, what the fuck is JTL on the I wall? thought it was Jim Tan Laundry. Yes. Like a uh, J, Jim. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, okay. So, again, so I'm from South Jersey. We kind of detest that shit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just playing. Uh, it's such, such is life to each their own. I hope you all have a wonderful fucking time. But if you want to come hang out, yeah, come hit up Twitch. Jeff Todd Live. I, I go I, every weeknight I stream. Come hang out. Hell yeah, Hell man. Yeah. Jeff, appreciate you, man. You have a good rest of your night. And uh, we'll see you on the other side, man. Take care. Oh, whoa. Pro over here. still got james here from out of time he is blessing us on his 30th birthday i'm sure he's hurting <laughs> right now and he's a trooper sticking it out with us but before we get into some of this uh out of time news i do want to just hear this crazy ovechkin story you were telling me before we started recording so absolutely I, man i, I do yeah. want to just put it out there and i know tom's not here right now but tom and i are huge Alex, Alex Ovechkin guys. Like he is such a personality. He's so good for the game of hockey. We just wish he was on our team. I'm pretty sure he is like a UFA or RFA or something at the end of this season. God, I would hope that the Islanders could somehow go after him. I know it's not going to happen. I know the capitals are going to sign him, but Oh yeah. We could dream right until, until it officially happens. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've met Ovechkin twice, actually. Uh, first time, it wasn't really a meeting, but um, I forgot what it's called because it's changed a couple of times, but uh, I think it's called MedStar now. So where I, I live in Arlington, Virginia, 
And right across the street where I live is, is um, I think it's called MedStar now, MedStar, MedStar Ice Complex. And that's where the Caps practice. And I've seen Ovechkin practice there. He walks around the mall with this you know, kid and, and, and the wife and super down to earth guy. Like you would like, you would like, obviously he's a pretty memorable person, but um, he's such a, just a genuine human being. But I remember one time I was out in this back in God, 2018. That's, that's, when they, that's when they won the Stanley Cup. 2018, was it 2018 last one? It's that sounds right. I'm so bad yeah. with that kind of stuff. And I yeah. say it on the podcast all the time. <laughs> like I'm so bad with dates and whatnot. Tom's a dates guy. Tom, Tom's like no, t- Tom, like- Tom is totally not the dates guy either. <laughs> We're not stats guys or dates guys. I don't even know how we've done this show for as long as we have. <laughs> <laughs> is, this part, is this part of what I, I look forward to my 30s? Is that is that you just forget? Yeah, things? you forget things <laughs> all the time. Uh, so I was at a bar and uh, I I remember hearing a commotion. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And there's like, like, a, like a whole like crew entourage. It it's it's fucking Ovechkin with with the Stanley Cup, and he's like partying and he's like, I, was, I think there's a photo from at a bar like holding it, and he's like pouring like drinks and drinking from it. Like he was going crazy. But he was such a nice dude, like buying people shots and really got good guy. And he was just living it up. Um, but yeah, that was that's that's my crazy Ovechkin story. I got to so you know, I'm, see him. I'm curious um, about that because DC as like a sports city, like I know that they come out and support the Capitals and whatnot. But you know, it's the Capitol, and I feel like people treat politicians more like celebrities there than they do athletes. So, yep. like, when these professional athletes are out and about at, like, the mall, like you said, are they getting harassed by fans? Or, like, do people kind of not even, like, idolize them or, or care? Or, like, I, I'm just curious because, you know, same goes with the New York Islanders. Like, Matt Barzell could be walking around, you know, Nassau County going to get a bagel and a coffee. And 99% of the time, he's not even going to get stopped or recognized. It's Which funny. Yeah. It, it, it's actually a really good uh, comparison because being in DC, I've seen, uh, it's pretty cool. Cause like when I, I, when I drive to work, I've seen Marine, like Marine one fly over me all the time. And like, you know, in the in formation, I've seen, you know, senators at, at like restaurants I've been at and um, a you really can't be like, like, you know, fangirling or you getting excited because there's a detail with them. But with uh, when it comes to like uh, celebrities and like athletes in DC, I think, DC is very respectful of that. Like they'll also come up and ask for a picture, but it's, I haven't seen like a, a like cringeworthy, if you will, experience with a Caps player or, um, you know, any, uh, any other a- athlete. Like I've seen Washington, excuse me, uh, Washington football team um, players. I always want to call them the Redskins. I still will call the Redskins, but I've seen them. I've seen, um, um, you know, a bunch of other athletes and people are very respectful in this space. I feel like, whereas in Miami, it's like when uh, growing up in Miami, you see a celebrity of any kind. There's like people trying to take selfies, people trying to go go balls to the wall. So I guess maybe it's like more civilized in DC. I don't know. I like to think that, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. Now, <laughs> like it's well known where most of the Islander players live. Like most of them live in like what we call the Gold Coast of Long Island. Where where are these? Uh, you know, hockey players living. Are, are they living in like the DC metro area? Or are they mostly out in like the Arlingtons or Alexandrias and stuff like that? Uh, well, mostly Arlington. Um, 
and it's it's wicked like it's so wicked uh expensive to live in arlington i live in arlington and homes start in like if you're not gonna crack then 700 700 grand to 800 grand and it's like that's like just for like a three two uh, i think oveshkin lives in in arlington um and a lot of these players live in Arlington because that's, you know, it's close to where they practice. Um, but there are some that live in you know, D.C., some that live in, like, Navy Yard. Uh, one of the players actually lives across the street from me. If, if I, I don't remember which one. But, um, but like, there's a bunch There's a bunch of that mostly live in Arlington. Like, they buy homes and they, but, like, the, more like the, the, the seasoned Caps players that have been there for years. Like cool. So, I, I do also, you know, before I let you go and, and live it up tonight, I, I do want to hear what's cooking with out of time because yeah. since the last time we spoke, like Automize was just about to crack a hundred thousand streams. And that's when you really took over the TikTok game to, to help push it, to get, to get that song there, but you've kept with it. And, yeah. and tell me about like the TikTok world, because, you know, it, it can do wonders for bands. And like, have you noticed that, your streams and engagements and stuff like that have really gone up since you started posting on there regularly? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good question. I, so it's funny because like, you know, in a band, like certain members take care of certain things and Justin is the, the not just the glue, but like, he's like, he does a lot of stuff for the band. So he was, he was taking over TikTok and I, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot to keep up with. And uh, I kind of like him and I run the TikTok and I, I do skits on it all the time. Um, and I definitely seen more engagement. I've definitely seen it's, it's what blows my mind is people that like, have a like, hey, I've heard of you guys. And I, this, this came up on my, for, for my page and we definitely have gone up and it's like the almost 10,000 monthly listeners. It ebbs and flows depending on what, what editorial we're on. Um, but I will say that TikTok definitely got us over almost the 10 K mark. It was, um, it's, cra it's crazy. Like it's done a lot for us as a band. And um, there's a lot in the, in the, you know, in the hopper for 2021 for out of time. Um, we, uh, we, 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 for TikTok, it's definitely going to be a big thing um, from what we have in, in storage for like in store, excuse me, for what's coming up um, and definitely has helped us a lot. It's been a great, great way to engage in, in new, uh, new listeners and new audience. I also like to use it for a platform for mental health. Um, when you hear the album that we've worked on, it, there's a theme of basically get overcoming, you know, this, this past year and mental health is such an important part to us as a band. And I've used TikTok as a way to use it as a platform and to normalize it. Cause I grew up actually, you know, learning that mental health is a stigma and it's not. And that's been the biggest thing I've wanted to push on the TikTok platform for our, for our band is that mental health should never be a stigma. Um, it's okay that you're not okay. And that's been my biggest like theme and my biggest takeaway for our TikTok in, in meeting new, new fans. And I love that. We get, we, get, we get messages like from people all the time. Hey, I never heard you guys before. I listen to Husky Fight. I love what you guys stand for. And that's what I want to do. Like, like fame is not something I want. What I want is people to enjoy our music and say, you guys helped me through one of the hardest parts of my life. And it really helped me get, get through my darkest moments because transit did that for me. Listen, forgive my God, that record got me through the hardest break of my life. I actually have a transit uh, lyric tattoo. So, and I showed, I showed it to Joe and 
uh, at a show one time and, you know, Joe's good friends with Justin and all of them. And uh, yeah, I want to be that band that helps, helps them get through one of the tough, toughest times of their life and, and be, you know, that's that, that, that crutch or, or foundation. Hell yeah, man. And you know, that that's, that's what music does for us. You know, you don't listen to this alternative scene of music. If you're not looking for that, deeper connection to the songs like yeah just go listen to the top 40 then like that's yeah. that's why people go into these rabbit holes and and really like go to shows that are you know general admission shows that you're jammed in there with 200 to 500 other kids just screaming your heads off like that's that's why we do this man like that yeah absolutely absolutely and, and, and when when we do finally you know, I don't know when it's going to be, but when the record does come out, um, I will tell you that what, I, what the most beautiful thing about the record, I mean, I do mean this, that it's every song you can tell is an out of time song. It's, there's no like, gimmicks behind it. We're not trying to make like a, a, a upbeat top 40 song. We're trying to make classic pop punk with a modern twist based off of what we grew up with loving. Newfound, I Call Fives, The Movie Life, drive through records, basically. Um, and I um, I think what the coolest part of the of the new, the new this new album is that you definitely it punches right from the beginning, but it ebbs and flows with feelings. So you'll feel like an upper and a downer, but there's closure to it, and it's not just like um, all over the place. There's a common theme, and it, it just closes so beautifully. When we when we um, finished recording a few weeks ago, it, I cried. I I will I I am a crier. I'm the most emotional one in the band. Like they make fun of me for it. Like. I was a super emotional person. And when we literally did the last vocal of the record, I remember just looking at them and going, this is it. And it's so cliche to say, like, I think this is going to be like an iconic album just because it just has that feel to me. But I'm so incredibly proud of the work we put in over the last year and a half. So many songs are th- like, we've, we've been sitting out for three years. Like, since I joined the band, Nick and Justin were ideas. So it's amazing to see this come to fruition. And I'm really excited to see what we have. We show the world. And we shot shot two music videos ready for them. So we have a lot of cool things in the works, and it's just up from here. And we can't wait to show the world and use music as a platform to help people um, and to really get back in the road. We can't wait to to play in, in sweaty rooms and venues. And uh, <laughs> a quick funny story: we the last the last show we were playing live was a house show, and it was packed with people. And the guy who came on tour to do merch with us, I got on his shoulders and I literally played graveyard on his shoulders. And it was like, I literally was in a house like, like hitting ceiling fans. Like people, <laughs> were like, people are like screaming the lyrics at me and I'm just like rocking out. I love that. That's like, I live for that. And uh, I can't wait to play these new songs for everybody. Like, I can't wait for people to learn these new songs. And I'm just so excited to get out there and when it's safe to just see everyone again yeah dude i can't wait to like physically meet all of you homies yeah yeah and catch some shows here in charlotte or down in orlando and uh i'm just super excited for you know everything that you guys have been doing the past you you know two years whatever it may be so super pumped for that yeah it's uh it's definitely exciting and i can't wait we all hang out we'll um We'll all have, you know, just a, a great, you know, like 
bonding experience in Charlotte. Charlotte's definitely, Charlotte's definitely on our radar. Um, we had Charlotte as, as a date on our last tour, and unfortunately, it's COVID. We had to cancel them. But um, we're definitely looking to make up those dates, and we can't wait to hang out with y'all. And I want to hang out with Tom. Like, he lives in Orlando. I know he's been busy with, with stuff. But, um, yeah, I just can't wait to get on the road and, and, and hang out with everyone and see old friends. And, heck, I, I, even, like, a friend like Dave Courtney I haven't seen since pandemic – He's one of my closest friends and it's so i'm so excited to like be in a room with people that now you know everyone's vaccinated it's safe to do so that's the one thing i miss is just the, like the that like physical connections hugging and that raw emotion dude so. i'm not gonna lie like it's i you know my wife and i are, are both fully vaccinated and a lot of our friends are fully vaccinated so with the islanders being in the playoffs i've actually gotten together with some of my like Islanders homies that I haven't seen since, you know, COVID Mm -hmm. and God, it feels good, man. Like it felt so good to, you know, cheer for a goal with other fans. Like, you know, I did some virtual stuff last playoffs, but it wasn't the same, even though like the Islanders went the furthest they have since I was like six years old, it didn't feel very special to me because I wasn't with those people. So like actually watching games with, with friends and you know eventually going to shows man it feels so good to have that back and oh, yeah. you know it's it's doing a lot for people's mental health like you yeah. have been stressing so it, it's yeah. it's it's looking up man and i'm super excited for everything you guys got coming out in 2021 2022 whatever it may be but uh i really do appreciate you filling in for tom and catching up with us and thank you you know i i wish we had another new song to debut but i know that you guys are are shopping it out and doing all the things that you have to do with the a new release but yeah you know, it's definitely it's, uh, follow you guys on tiktok because <laughs> i i watched that mentos video probably a hundred times <laughs> it's my my wife's like right there laughing and uh we um we we shot that in a park the mentos challenge one and and like Sarah was like, "How are we gonna do this?" I'm like, "I'm just gonna go for it." And I like deep throat <laughs> two liter cup. <laughs> it was I, so good. Uh, and, and like, I I was like choking. And Justin's like, "Whatever you do, don't put it in your mouth and drink it. That's gonna not be good for you." And uh, I did that in public, Mikey. I was literally at a park with like, oh, yeah. families doing that and people were like oh my god who is this creature with like sleeves and tr- doing a mentos <laughs> challenge um but yeah man i'm it's it's uh it's funny because like i'm the i'm like the, the super like just i'm very like outgoing you know extroverts and it's so hard for me to like see the new songs in like my dropbox and i can't show the world <laughs> and the music videos um it's, it's 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 killing me it's killing me and we basically to, to, you know keep fans satisfied we've been doing these covers and it's so funny because like people are like oh i love that you're a cover band I'm like we're not a cover band we put out <laughs> each, we put out we put out singles and we had an ep um and you know we basically are just sitting on this record because when it's time to do it we will release it but i will say i i do think that you're gonna hear out new out of time sooner than you think i really do i think think you know it's 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 gonna be an incredible year um definitely the first single is going to be like a holy shit moment because it's definitely we took the time on this record you know a year and a half speaks for itself like we didn't want to rush a full length we wanted to really perfect the songs we have 
my God, 50 other songs that we've demoed. And these are 10 of them. Um, so it speaks volumes that we took the time. And Dylan at, at you know, Close Quarters Recordings, he just like, it's fun. I'll, I'll end it on this. When recording is my least favorite thing about being in a band, because you realize how so much you suck. And it's like, <laughs> and then and then when you hear their album back, you're like, oh, okay, I was really hard on myself. And like don't don't our, our engineer looks back and he's like, no, that's editing. Oh my god, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and just like, oh, okay, so should I quit my quit, should I quit life? He's like, no, you're, you're it's salvageable. But no, I'm only I'm only teasing, but yeah, it's it's I'm really excited for, for y'all to hear it. You you will be definitely the first person to hear the new stuff. Justin is probably going to kill me when he hears this, but don't worry, Mikey, I got you. <laughs> yeah, Justin better put like a, a password on that drop Dropbox uh, link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's funny because like when we got one of our guest spots on this new single, um, it took everything in me to be like, oh my god, like. I gotta show this person, and just like hell, you won't. You won't show anyone. You're not gonna show a single soul. And if you do, I will kick you the nuts. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Well, James, man, I really do just love catching up with you, and hell yeah, you know, hearing out of out of time stories, and uh, you know, I'll I'll let you go and enjoy your thirtieth. Go get crazy. Enjoy that yes. beautiful weather. And oh, uh, hopefully the cats pull off, you know, some some wins down in Tampa Bay and, and you guys can get a, a series like I thought it was going to be. I, I really was predicting that that series would go to seven. So hopefully, hopefully it does. Fingers, you know, your lips to God's ears, fingers and toes crossed. And uh, when I see Dave tonight, I'm going to be like, Dave, work, you know, work your voodoo magic, you know, <laughs> do something. We need we need we need this, please. After such a crappy year. So. Hell yeah, man. Mikey, thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. All right. Peace, brother. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. You don't have to be an asshole like that anymore. I'm tired in my front door. Hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host, Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And let's go Pens.